listening to a Clovis Hills podcast. You're about to hear from one of our teaching pastors. I want to encourage you, go download the Clovis Hills app where you can listen to sermons, you can give, you can do the growth group questions. They're on there too. And you can study God's word together. God bless you guys and go be the church. What a mighty God we serve who is worthy to be praised. Is that right? All right. We're so happy to be here with Pastor Sean. He is, um, back in the day, he was, he was called the golden boy. Now he's a silver shadow. <laughs> We've grown mature in our age, and by the grace of God, we're still here. Um, it's exciting to see what God is doing at Clovis Hills, and truly, um, Sean came from the, from, the, from the surf to the sand, and um, we're thankful that he's here. One thing he said was he has a great church. You guys are great. Give yourself a good, give yourself a good hand. Great church. Great church. I'm truly excited about being here. I love, this is my second time here. I love being here because I love just hanging out with your pastor. I think he's a godsend. I love hanging out with Clovis Hills. And so I have a word from you this, this morning. Um, I had open heart surgery this year, January 5th, 2020. Went to see the doctor on, had a slight heart issue. Went to see a doctor on December 20th. I was under the knife two weeks later. And there's something about having open heart surgery. I had to get a, an artificial valve cut out and put a new one in there. You have to sign those death papers, you know. Anybody been there and signed those death papers? If you die, your wife gets this and your wife gets that. <laughs> get to go, get the good old-fashioned, in memory of car. You get to drive around in the Mercedes Benz, in memory of my loving husband. You know, that kind of good stuff. You, when you sign those paperwork, your life hits you. Your life comes and says, have I done what God has called me to do? Or have I allowed things to distract me from what God has called me to do? Ask you the question, am I finishing well or am I finished? Those are questions you ask yourself when you realize life is fragile. Yes, I was a Marine. Yes, I played football. But that didn't matter when you had a heart attack. It didn't matter when you had a valve that was only operating on 20% of its functioning. Life hits you, you have to ask yourself, am I going to adjust or am I going to let life keep hitting me? So this morning's message is about you asking the question, am I finished or am I going to finish strong? So let's go to God in prayer. Spirit living God, let your rain drops from heaven for fresh upon your people. Spirit of the living God, let your rain drops from heaven fall fresh upon your word. Spirit of the living God, let your rain drops from heaven revive your serving this morning. Lord, let me decrease that your spirit might increase. I pray, God, for transparency they might see through me to see your son. But, Father, just in case they stop at your servant, please turn your servant to a detour sign that I may show them the way of the cross. Because, God, this moment is absolutely nothing about me. This moment is all about you. And because it's about you and absolutely nothing about me, Lord, I pray for three things. I pray for challenge. I pray for conviction. And dear Lord, I pray for spirit of change. For if your people are challenged and convicted by your word, they will be changed by the same power of that same word. Let your spirit have the right of way. Settle my mind, my speech, and my spirit that I might proclaim your truth and your truth alone. It's in Jesus' name to pray. Amen. Amen. He was cut 
from his JV basketball team. She was born a cripple. He was drafted 199th, the 200 NFL draft. All these people you would assume should have a bad finish because they had a bad start. Jordan was cut from his JV team. Wilma Rudolph couldn't walk when she was born. And even though I don't like him, Tom Brady <laughs> was drafted 119th in the 200 NFL draft. They may have had bad starts, but they had the willpower and the mind to finish well. I need to ask you a question. In your life, as you live your life, have you got to the point where you are just taking it easy? Like the Commodores, that's why I'm easy. I'm easy like Sunday morning. You lost the faith, you lost the risk. You're just trying to sail it in there. And when you go into the habit of sailing your life away, you wind up not doing the things that God has called you to do. You wind up coming down to be, being comfortable instead of staying up, engaged in the things of God. This week, two weeks ago, I got into a, to a Twitter war. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. I, was, I mean, I didn't know there was a thing as a Twitter war until I, I got in it. I didn't. You know, I'm just, you know I, I go on Twitter every now and then just to goof off, say, you know, hi. I hit the little buttons. And I'm not really know, I don't really know how Twitter works. Right? I just know it's, I got an account, and I go there, and I say hi every now and then. And so I went there a couple weeks ago, and I, and I was singing an encouraging I guess I thought I was encouraging. It was encouraging of the, Bap- of the Baptist who's coming to attack this place tomorrow. And, and I sent this little thing out about how I'm a Baptist, do or die, ride or die, I'm down. And this, this lady hit me and she said, you're being insensitive. I was like, who are you? <laughs> you know, and, and, and then she hit me again. Like, I don't know you. Then she hit me again. I'm going, and then I got, I got, I got sucked in. I was like, no! All of a sudden, people were attacking me from around the globe. You're the devil. You're the worst pastor in America. Your your mama's my, my mama. I don't know you. Where you going? I mean, I was getting attacked, and I mean, it was insane. And my pastor said, but so my pastor called me and said, "Fines, get out, get out, run, Forrest, run. Those women will kill you." I'm like, I'm trying to, but they keep pulling me back in, and it was crazy. I went in just trying to encourage something and got sucked into something that, that made me like, it was the worst 17 minutes of my life. <laughs> People were calling me, yo dude, I'm with you, with me with what? The battle, what battle? Twitter, oh my God. People, I mean, people were calling me. I'm like, good night, I gotta get out this thing. So I got out, I threw a scripture update, I threw a scripture, I said, God loves you. Why does he love me now? Oh my God, I just, I just left it alone. I haven't been on Twitter since. Every time I go on Twitter now, I put Jesus wept, and that's it. I'm done. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that, but I got sucked in because you know why? 
I came down from where God placed me. And when you come down from your place of anointing, you wind, you wind up getting sucked into stuff. You ever been in, done something where you realize you shouldn't have got in it? It really was beneath you, but you kind of just dabbled in it, and you dabbled too long. You wind up getting muddy and dirty and smelly because you was in something you shouldn't have done. I want to talk to you this morning about finishing strong. And don't come down from God's purpose and God's anointing in your life. This morning's scripture is in 2 Chronicles chapter 35, verse 20. Um, it's about a story about a great kid. And I saw, this, I saw, Sean, I saw Pastor Sean do this a couple weeks ago. So you please stand for the reading of God's word. We would read God's word together. Stand, come on. <laughs> then for Sean, I'm the guest, stand. I watched the video. <laughs> Second Chronicles chapter 35, listen to one verse, verse 20. After this, when Josiah had prepared the temple, he showed the king of Egypt, came up to fight against Carmesh by the Euphrates, and Josiah went out against him. You may be seated. That's pretty cool. I watched Sean. I said, I said, Pastor Sean does that? That's old-fashioned. I didn't think he did old-fashioned stuff. You know? I thought he just kept doing hip stuff. But so he's doing old, I, I can relate to old-fashioned stuff. I'm down with that. So this story, the background, this, yeah, I saw him do this also. He both, he said the background, the text. Said, That's pretty cool. So I did the same thing. The background, the text is this. In 2 Kings chapter 22, we're introduced to an amazing young man named Josiah. Josiah was eight years old. He was called to be king. His great grand, his grandfather, Manasseh, was a beast of a king, reigned for 55 years, and was horrible. He did the worst, he was one of the worst kings ever in Israel besides Ahab. Just just terrible king. Ran for, ruled for 55 years, brought all kind of crazy worship in there, was just terrible. Had a son named Ammon. Ammon ran for only two years. He was he was worse than his father. He was so bad, they killed him. So we're not going, we're not having this no more. And they got rid of him. So his Son Josiah wakes up one morning, realizes his dad been assassinated, and he's king. The text says Josiah was eight years old when he became king and reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was, was Dida, the daughter of, now I can't pronounce those names, so A.B., how's that? I have a, have a word name issue. Verse 2 says that he did, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the ways of his father, David. He most of what it says, he did not turn to the right hand or to the left. Guy starting off the chart. Then the 18th year of his reign, while he's bringing reformation to, to, to the kingdom of Israel, they're, king, they're cleaning up the temple. And while they're cleaning the temple up, they find the book. Not just a book. Somebody say the book. They found the word of God. That's been missing for over 80 years. It wasn't just dusty, it was lost. Most theologians believe that Manasseh hid the word of God because they wanted, he, he wanted to be the, 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 the religious leader of the day, so he hid God's word for over 80 years. They couldn't find it. So they find the word of God. The priest comes and give it, the scribe comes and gives it to the king, and, and he hears what God's word says. He's emotionally distraught. He's crippled. He's like, oh, my God. He says, go find out for me what does this mean. 
They go to a woman prophetess, her name is Hudda, who's Jeremiah's cousin. He goes to her and she reads the prophecy and, and she gives him a word from God that kind of sets his life off. So in 2 Kings 22, verse 13, here we go. Go inquire the Lord for me, for the people and all of Judah, according to the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is aroused against us, because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do according to all that is written in it concerning us. He goes and hears it, and he goes, sends the people to the book, finds out. So here now his, his whole entourage is standing in front of the prophetess. So she's now she's meeting the, the prophet, she's meeting the, the high priest, and the whole entourage, this whole entourage comes up to her house and says, give us a word. Verse 18, but as for the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord in this manner, you shall speak to him. Thus saith the Lord, I'm telling you his word, thus saith the Lord means God is speaking. Concerning the words which, have, which you have heard. Listen to verse 19. Because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I spoke against this place and its inhabitants, that they would become desolation and a curse and you tore your clothes and wept before me. I have also heard you, says the Lord. Verse 20. Surely, therefore, I will gather you to your father and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace. And your eyes shall not see all the calamities which I will bring on this place. So they brought back word to the king. He was just giving a promise from God that you are straight for the rest of your life. Can you imagine hearing from God, you're going to live in the land of awesomeness for the rest of your life. You're going to have, I mean, can you, I mean, no, no problems, the house going to be awesome, awesome car, awesome, awesome a wife, because you already got two kids by now, um, um, awesome kingdom, awesome, just awesome because you humbled yourself before me, I got you covered. No matter what you touch, he was scared. God said, I'm giving you the mightiest touch. As long as you stay alive, I got you. He goes farther in, in 2 Kings 23rd. He says, you know what? God has been so amazing to me. Let's have the Passover. People are like, what's the Passover? Because for 80 years, they stopped celebrating the Passover of God. So verse, 2 Kings 23, verse 21 says, Then the king commanded all the people, saying, Keep the Passover of the Lord your God. And it's written in this book of the covenant. Verse 22, And such a Passover had never been held since the days of the judges who judged Israel, nor all the days of the king of Israel and the king of Judah. But in the 18th year of King Josiah, this Passover was held before the Lord in Jerusalem. He do the biggest New Year's Eve party on the planet. It was off, the, it was drop the mic off the chart party. It was like, celebrate. I mean, it was, it was, it was off the, it was God, Lord, it was, it was don't, 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 Jesus, don't, 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 Jesus, don't, 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 Jesus, Jesus. It was amazing. The, the, the text, look at the text says, he said, never such, said such a Passover, Never been done like this before. He killed the beast. I mean, he was going insane. Josiah was off the chart at 26 years old. Wasn't, wasn't an old guy. 
wasn't, like you, most people think that once you get old, you get holy. Josiah was 26 years old in his prime and was honoring God like a beast. Because he said God was amazing. He heard the word of God and God said, he said, I got to go worship this kind of God. And he worshiped God in such a way that there's never been a celebration like that ever again. So we pick up in our verse 25 says, and now before him, listen to, this, listen, listen to what they say about Josiah. Second Kings 23, 25. Now before him, there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart. Listen to the roll call. All his heart, with all his soul, with all his might, according to all the law of Moses, nor after him did any rise like him. Josiah was a drop the mic king. Josiah was the goat, greatest of all time. Greater than David, Solomon. Josiah was at 26. He was already, can you imagine being a goat at 26? He was the man. But all of a sudden, we pick him up in 2 Chronicles chapter 35. After, after all this, after being the man, after being the goat, after being said, no king before you, after, after being all those accolades, Josiah had prepared the temple. Nisho, the king of Egypt, came up to fight against Kamish by Euphrates. And Josiah went out against them. Let, let me get a backdrop of this thing. So the king of Egypt lives in Bakersfield. He's going to attack somebody in Sacramento. He comes down the grapevine, and instead of going, he hits up, he takes the 99 going towards Sacramento, and King Josiah lives in Fresno and says, I hear someone's coming my way. No, no, I'm going to Sacramento, Josiah. No, but you're coming my way. I'm, I'm, and Josiah was upset that somebody was coming by his town. He's not coming to Sacramento, to Fresno. He's going to Sacramento. But because Josiah said, he's coming by my house, I'm going to get with him. That's kind of sound stupid, isn't it? From the farthest point, from, from where his army was to jo- King Josiah, was 31 miles from the farthest point. I mean, sorry, from, from, from the smallest point, from the farthest point, 125 miles. So for, from the closest point from him to Josiah was 31 miles. And Josiah says, I'm coming against him. So he meets him up around, what's the next city above this city here? Madera. Madera. Meets him over there. <laughs> he crashed him in Madera. Say, I'm, I'm coming against you. Didn't make any sense. But notice how the text says, Josiah went out against him. Didn't say, God, should I do this? Didn't say, hey guys, you think we should fight this king? No. Because for 14 years, remember now, right now Josiah is 39 years old. And for 30, and for 14 years, he's been practicing how to fight. He's been shadow boxing. He's been running, he's been doing his kung fu stuff. He's, you know, everybody was kung fu fighting. He was getting, and, and no wars. No wars, no rumors of wars. It was, nothing was going on. All of a sudden, here come the king of Egypt. He goes, ah, a fight, yes. And then the king says, I don't know, don't you? Well, guess what? Josiah had nobody to talk to. So here's something right now. The first thing you got to do to finish strong 
we need to finish with others. Too many of us are me, myself, and I, earthly trinity people. It's all about me, all about myself. I don't need nobody else. I'm doing just fine by myself. That is a disaster for you to not finish strong. Proverbs 3, verse 5, 7 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Josiah didn't talk to God. Josiah didn't talk to nobody. He talked to himself. He said, listen here, for 14 years, it's been great. I'm the king. I got it going on. I'm in charge. I don't need nobody because I know what to do. Any of us felt like that during COVID? Need nobody. I got it. I'm good. I got this. I'm under control. And you find yourself in a bad spot. You find yourself coming down. You find yourself doing things that you didn't normally do when you were busy. Because why? You're all by yourself. During COVID, pornography shot up. During COVID, domestic violence shot up. During COVID, things that were crazy shot up. Because why? People found themselves by themselves. And beloved, I want to ask you a question. Have you got so consumed with being by yourself, you're not finishing well with others? You need, guess what? Here's, here's a good word, accountability. Why we come to church? Accountability. Why we gather? Accountability. We all know that this is not the church. Who's the church? But you need each other for accountability. Because you can text me, like, what are you doing on Zoom? I'm doing fine. Great. Great. Doing fine. Butt naked. Great. Doing fine. The report's in the mail. <laughs> because why? You're by yourself. You can't do that in, in, in the real world. You come, you come to meet and you got to have some clothes on. Somebody say amen. In a Zoom meeting, now you got pajamas on, flip-flops. This shirt, this, 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 this. This is shirt, this is it, this, this shirt, this, 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 this top part, this top part. House can be dirty, get your green screen, house gorgeous. So it doesn't matter. I mean, when you're by yourself, you do things that you wouldn't normally do. But guess what? When you don't come to church, you don't come in fellowship, you wind up being out of accountability. You wind up doing things you would normally not do because why? You're accountable to nobody but yourself. And doing that will cause you not to finish strong. We can't rely on God's promises without obeying his commandments. He told Josiah, I will bless you because why? You kept my word. You humbled yourself before me. Your heart was tender. And if you stay there, I'll bless you every step of the way. Here he is in verse 20 saying, I'm going to fight against this king without inquiring of God. So verse 21 says, so the messenger sent to him saying, the king of Egypt hears that Josiah is coming after him. So he sends somebody to Josiah and says, hey, what have I to do with you, king of Judah? I've not come against you this day, but against the house with which I have war. For God commanded me to make haste. Now some theologians believe that, that Jeremiah the prophet gave the king of Egypt a prophecy about, listen, don't mess with Josiah. He's, he's, he's covered by God. 
don't do that. Go fight those, uh, uh, the Babylonians in there and say, go get those guys, but don't come near Josiah or you'll get jacked up. So, he, so Jeremiah told him that. Remember now, Jeremiah is Helda's cousin. She, she told, she, she gave a prophecy about Josiah. So Jeremiah said, okay, Josiah's cool. He tells the king of Egypt, don't mess with Josiah because you do, you will get jacked up. So the king of Egypt knew what was going on. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't want to mess around. So I ain't got nothing against you. He said, but check it out. For God make to me haste. Refrain from meddling with me, with God, who's with me, lest he destroys you. In order to finish strong, we need to train ourselves to be sensitive towards the sin in our life. Let me say it again. In order to finish strong, we need to train ourselves to be sensitive towards the sin in our life. You see, sometimes we say, we, we look at the big sins, lying, cheating, um, fornicating, lust, those sins. But you know what you know the real good sin takes you out? It's called a sin of pride. Sin of arrogance. Arrogance is a subtle, cool sin. Arrogance, arrogance says, you know, you do look good. Arrogance, with arrogance, and the sin of, 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 conceit, of being conceited and self-centered. See, that sin would tell you, you know what? If I was your man, I would treat you so much better. You're on your little Zoom meeting, you get your hair all right. Your husband's on his Zoom meeting downstairs, you're on your Zoom meeting upstairs, and the guy going, if I was your man, you would never have a Zoom meeting. Let's go Zoom together. You're like, okay. Well, he's home getting his zoom in from her. And so you, do, you start doing these things that, that these little small little things that you're not that you would never do when you when you when you're out there, but all of a sudden now you got this 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 little private little world you're in, and sin of arrogance, pride, selfishness starts creeping in your life that you never would do before. Why? Because you're alone. You're stuck. Well, beloved, ask yourself, what are the sins that are coming in my life right now? if I don't take care of, are going to take me out. Am I prideful? Am I arrogant? You see, remember now, for 14 years, everything was great. No wars, rumors of wars, everything was fine. That's when most of us get in trouble. You see, most people think that when trouble comes, we're stressing out. No, no, no. It's when the good days come. That's when we got to pray. Because why? We're not looking for stuff to happen. When good days come, that's when marriages fall. When good days come, that's when kids do it. Because why? There's nothing to pull them together. That's when you got to say, you know what, guys? Let's come together and have a power. Why? Because things are going good. We got to start praying. But Josiah didn't do that. He just rested on the fact that it's good, I'm straight. And during the good days, he lost sight of God. You see, his grandfather David in 1 Samuel chapter 20. So David inquired, when David came back from Ziglag, from the Philistines, they came back from his battle, and the, and the Philistines, had, the people of Ziglag, had tore up his family. He comes back from this fight, and all of a sudden he realized the Amalekites took his wife, took his kids, burned his village. David was distraught. He was so distraught. The Bible says that the mighty men want to stone King David. And David inquired of the Lord, he said, give me the ephod. Let me go to God and say, God, what, am, what should I do? And God says in verse 8, David said, inquire of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? The Lord said, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them. Without fail, recover all. 
When David stressed out, he called on God. But when Josiah stressed out, he called on Josiah. Don't lose faith, beloved. I didn't promise you it would be easy. I promise you it'd be worth it. In the midst of being blessed, in the midst of doing great, in the midst of having the Tesla and the nice house, in the midst of all of that, God said, don't forget about me. You got there because of me. You're standing strong because of me. And I know you're great. I know you're awesome. But guess what? There's an awesome God that makes you even awesomer. And don't get to the place where you forget who I am and have them having a Josiah moment. Look at verse 22. Nevertheless, Josiah didn't care. He would not turn. If you've got a Bible, I'm on this. Faith from him. I'm not, looking, I'm not looking at you, God. I'm looking at this king. I'm looking at this thing I want. This thing I'm going to go for. I don't, God, I, I don't hear you. I'm not seeing you. I'm focusing on that thing and that thing alone. Here's the worst part. Not only did he not look at God, the text says he disguised himself. Normally a king had this great armor that covered up his entire body. Josiah, in his fit of rage, of arrogance and pride, took off his armor took his anointing off and came down that he might fight against someone that wasn't trying to fight him. You ever got involved with something you shouldn't get involved in? But you got sucked into it so bad you want to fight somebody you shouldn't have fought? Here's Josiah getting sucked in where he had to come down from his anointing, take off his royal kingdom armor and be disguised like a common person. Watch this, check this out. To finish strong, we need to constantly refocus ourselves on the promise of God. God, what did you tell me? Oh yeah, if I stay humble, if I praise you, if I keep myself before you, you'll keep me covered. Wait a minute, you trying to tell me, Josiah, if you would just stay with God, if it was me, I'd have ordered Uber and DoorDash, I would have never left the house. <laughs> Think about it. He said, if you stay, as long as you live, Josiah, nothing will happen to you, your family, or your kingdom. Can you imagine, God says, I'm, you, you're, you're blessed so much that nothing, I wouldn't have, <clears throat> I don't want to get a cold, I don't want to, no. I'm not leaving the house. I mean, everything got to come to me and have somebody eat the food. I make sure nothing's wrong because why? God said, as long as I stay alive, grandkids, kids, the city, the nation, fine. But Josiah didn't do that. Put his eyes towards something and it wasn't God. And look at verse 23. Somebody say the archers. Not the king of Egypt. Not Nebuchadnezzar, not Pharaoh, an archer. Some nameless person shot an arrow, shot a pride arrow, shot an arrogance arrow, disbelief arrow, lack of faith arrow, arrows shot arrows. And one of those arrows hit an uncovered 
the arrow was for nobody, but the Bible says it shot what? King Josiah. Somebody here this morning, you've been hit by an arrow. Somebody shot God shooting nameless arrows at you online, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Just nameless people. When I was on that, when I got in that Twitter war, I mean, just nameless people shooting arrows. I'm like, what in the world? I'm going, da! Remember the movie on 300? I was like, oh! Arrows everywhere. Here I am trying to do God's will, and I got sucked into something that I should have been in, and arrows came everywhere. Somebody here this morning, same way. There's arrows hitting you right now, and guess what? Somebody been hit by an arrow. You're wounded. Text says, take me away, for I'm severely wounded. Someone here, arrows hit your heart. You're bitter. Hit your mind, you're struggling. Because you came down. Beloved, the worst thing in the world to do is to start good and end bad. Bible says there's never been a king before him or after him, but he died bad. One moment of blessing, he praised God for one moment and God took care of him. Then he forgot God and he died at 39 years old. He didn't die old, man. He died at 39 years old. He was done. Here's a goat dying at 39 because why? He took his eyes off of God. I want to tell somebody here, don't Take your eyes off of God. God wants to use you at 39, 26, 40, 15, 18, but you can't take your eyes off of God. Don't let the distractions of the arrows. But guess what? We serve a God who can block arrows. The Bible says, no weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. I might, hear, I might hear an arrow, I might see one coming, but guess what? He gonna hide me in the showers of almighty wings. He'll, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not what? He will protect me. He's my strong tower. My strong belief. If I stay under God's covering, He will protect me. I may be, I may be in a war I shouldn't, I shouldn't be in, but since God loves me, He'll protect me anyway. Come on, somebody here. If that's you, I got some good news for you. You're wounded. Bible said, by His stripes, we are healed. Christ can take that arrow out and heal your heart, heal your mind. I don't care what someone told that you're not. God, I gotta, I gotta get. Give me, give me a little bit more, a little bit more. I was some years ago. I don't know who. Someone, someone, somebody needs this. Some years ago, I was at a bad, I was at a bad spot. Arrows hit my mind. Yeah, I was, I was a drill sergeant. I played football, but I was raising my kids by myself. I was in a bad, I was in a bad spot. I wanted to end it all. The arrow of depression was in my head. The arrow of loneliness was in my heart. I said, I'm done. I said, I'm done with this stuff. 
I tried to take, I tried, I tried to have my three, had a six month old, an 18 month old, and a four year old. I was raising those three by myself, going to, going to school full time. Just me and my, and threw a paper route. Y'all don't know about paper routes. What's the paper route? It's big paper. Y'all don't understand. It's a route that those paper. Y'all know, y'all know what papers are the most. So about it. And I was down. And I was depressed. I tried to end it. And I couldn't. So I went home and I cried. So I can't, Lord, I can't do this right. And God said, because you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Open up the first book of the Bible. And God said, you're blessed to be a blessing, Genesis 12 and 2. I said, well, God, what else, what else is there? He took me to Deuteronomy 32 and 10. I said, you're the apple of my eye. I flipped over another page. I was in Psalm 139, verse 14. He said, I'm fearfully wanted for me. Here's the good part. And my soul knows well. He pulled the arrow out of my soul and my soul said, amen. From that day, I live what's called the the three-pillar life. And every day, before my feet hit the ground, I say, I'm fearfully wonderfully made. I'm the apple of God's eye. And I am blessed to be a blessing. The arrow's got me. But I got a God who's bigger than arrows. My pain was not was not bigger than God's promise for my life. Someone here this morning, you're in pain. You're sick and tired of being sick and tired. I got some good news for you. It's my challenge to you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are the apple of God's eye. And you, yes, you, are blessed to be a blessing. And all you got to do is call upon the name of the Lord. And and recognize the fact that, God, I messed up. This arrow's hurt. And God said, I know it hurts, but I'll pull it out if you can just trust. My son went to the cross for the arrows in your life. Just come to him. Pull the arrow out. He'll put heel in the wound. And then you'll walk by faith and not by sight. You have six championships, according to Brady. You'll be the GOAT, according to Jordan. And you'll break every record in the world, according to Woman Roar. Stop. Listen, beloved. Failure is an event. It's not a person. Let me say it again. Failure is an event and not a person. You may have had an event that failed, but you are not a failure. The arrow may have hit you, but that arrow does not define you. Let the Lord pull it out and come on down to get Jesus. I don't know who invited you this morning. I don't know why you came. I don't know why this particular day God had me to come preach at Clovis Hills. I don't know. But someone here, God had a message for you to tell you he's your covering. God sent me to tell you it was an event, 
it's not you. God wants me to tell you that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that you are the apple of his eye, and doggone it, you're blessed to be a blessing. Put out and keep on keeping on. You can do it, but you've got to give it over to God. So right now, got a real simple prayer. I got the easiest prayer in the world of being saved. It's really easy. It's, it's one of the ones that I just love because it's, it's easy. I don't get deep in stuff. I just like saying stuff that's simple. I'm from the Bronx. I like simple stuff. And, and check it out. Listen, listen to this prayer. Today, I choose to close the door on my path. And now, I thank the Lord for opening the door to my future. Therefore, I take a deep breath and I walk towards my destiny and my new life with him. Let me say it again. Here's the prayer. Today, I choose to close the door on the events of my life. The past sins, the doubt, the fears, which are now in the past. Today, I thank Jesus for opening a brand new door called my future. Therefore, I'm gonna take a deep breath. I'm gonna walk towards my destiny with my new life in him. If that's you this morning, if you're ready to close the door on your path, if you're ready to walk into your new destiny, would you come to Jesus? You don't got to jump over hoops. No, I choose to come to Jesus because why? I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. These arrows hurt. I need somebody to pull it out and make me whole again. So you're here this morning. And you like the way that prayer read. And that prayer speaks to you. You want to close the door in your past. Would you come to Jesus Christ? And just let Pastor Sean come up here and lead. And come to Christ. And I don't care what you're going through. Christ will cover you. Bob said, love covers a multitude of sin. For God so loved the world that he gave. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So if you're hurting this morning, those arrows are all in your mind and heart. Let Christ pull them out and make your event just that, an event. Let me say it again. Failure is an event. It is not a person. Let's say it again. I, come on, I am not a failure. Come on, I am not a failure. You are, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am the apple of God's eye. I am blessed to be a blessing. How do you know? Because the Bible tells me so. God bless you. Hey, give it up for the bishop.